Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have stopped the rot with a 2-2 draw against Hull, but as it has been recently, it's just quite not quite good enough, and we've got a game to preview against our old friends at Crick and Stanley this weekend as well. I'm Roy Fallow, and I am reunited for the preview pod with Matthew Keelan. <laughs> How are we? Um, all right, Matthew. I mean, it's nice to have you back for, for a start on the preview pod after your absence last week. It's nice to be back. Um, <laughs> I missed do I missed not doing it last week. I um, didn't get a preview of the defeat to to Blackpool or look back on the defeat to Wigan. <laughs> your beloved uh, Wigan as well. Beloved last. Wigan delighted. Well, that's that's why obviously why it would have been unfair to have me on last week. <laughs> a conflict uh, of interest with my delight. At, uh, in our 2-1 victory over Sunderland. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good to be back. Nice to be back. And nice to... Well, we, we, we're going to get into a fairly entertaining game of football as well. And we're also joined by Wise Men Say regular Mickey Loff as well. How are you doing, Mick? Right. I'm doing good. I'm just trying to figure out which kind of like show I ideologically belong on, the idiot cast of the dark cast on the Monday. So I just need to... Uh, you know what I mean? I feel like I spread myself a little bit too thinly across the two. I think, uh, well, no, I think you're being harsh. I think you're a chameleon, Mick. You're, you're fine with <laughs> going down the, the serious star route, but you can slot in for some, I was going to say lads, lads, lads chat. It's not really like that on, on the preview pod, is it? But you can you can slot no. in for a bit of silliness as well. I think that's fair to say. Always down for a bit of silliness. <laughs> Always down for a bit of silliness. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a Tinder bio. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of silliness, last night's game against Hull was... Quite a silly game, I thought, lads. I, even though it was frustrating that we, we couldn't get a win and doesn't have to put the rubber stamp, so, rubber stamp on that we're going to have to settle for the playoffs. But I, I don't mean this in it. I'm being all happy clapper sort of way. But after three like games, where I was really annoyed. We were really shit. It was nice to have an enjoyable game of football, I thought, because it was quite chaotic, quite fun. We were good going forward. We'll get into the terrible defensive um, display a little bit further down the line. But... I know. I thought quite an quite an enjoyable, fun game of football. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I just, I'm just really glad in a sort of weird way that there wasn't a huge amount riding on that game. Not already written off automatic promotion because at times in the second half you were kind of a little bit kind of like on edge towards the end of the game as it was just the nature of the game and how chaotic it was and the chances we created. So I was just thinking to myself, like God, if this was a game that could have put us top of the league, imagine the emotions you'd have been going through. But I think last night it was one of them games where perhaps it depends on what side of the spectrum you sit on. If you kind of, to use your phrase, Rory, a bit of a happy clapper, you could say, well, we went to top of the league, we showed we can compete. And it did stop the rot, as you say. And we did prove, like, particularly going forward, even without Ian McGeady, we looked uh, like a real threat at times. But then also, if you're taking a more kind of negative viewpoint, you could probably say why ultimately we haven't been able to get promoted automatically. Because I'm not saying it's been a trend throughout the season, but we just look really, really shit. At the bat last night, like as a collective and individually, particularly from Bailey Wright and Callum McFadden. So, I think last night you could kind of interpret it either way. And now that sounds like a bit of a like fence it and like answer, but I was just the way I saw the game. I think that's no, I think that's fair enough, though. To to be fair, Mickey, because it does leave you a little bit frustrated in the sense of, well, where was this better sort of display against? You know, because if you, if you played like that against Wigan, you're probably going to get the win. I guess you're probably not going to have, 
you're going to be so in control of it against a better side, aren't you? That they're not going to get the opportunity to even create the chances for us to make mistakes. Charlton might have been a bit of a different story, but even against Blackpool, we saw they weren't up to much. But one thing it does give give us is, I think it shows, and I've been saying this even going through the that little sort of spell of the three defeats, there's no reason to fear anyone in the playoffs. And when you're putting in that kind of display against a side who are possibly going to win the league, you know, twice, three, I think Danny Collins said this after the game, it's three times we've played Hull now and it's three draws. Like obviously I know in the League Cup the, the beat us on penalties, but it's three draws over 290 minutes and 120 minutes. But it just shows you, doesn't it? Even against one of the better sides, Matt, there's no reason to fear anyone in the playoffs. We just need to cut out some silly mistakes, book our ideas up to sound like a bit of a darn, just sort the silliness out, really. I just, yeah, I just, just touching on like the, the point last night, the thing, it's frustrating. I kind of find it a bit frustrating because it comes back to the, that's a good point. Like, and I said, like a, a point, then like drawing these games away is not what's cost us promotion. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's losing it like utter. Let's be fair, like shit, like losing yeah. at Wigan and like losing at home to Plymouth. That's what's cost us, and it is frustrating that we go and perform well against the. Well, they're not a good side, but they are going to win the league. Um, so the best side in the division have never looked like beating us really in the three games that we've played them. No. Um, we haven't lost to Peterborough. Um, it's just frustrating that we've ta- we've gone and performed well against these teams and taken decent results from them and then just pissed it away by losing well, three it. games in a week. And, like, I understand annoying. why people are frustrated with draws in general over the course of the season. 15 yeah. draws this season. You look no, at it's that. far too many. It is, but they've most of their, like, well, plenty of them rather have came against shit sides who we should be beating these two draws against Peterborough and Hull the problem isn't those two performances even or those two results it's what came in the middle of them because say you took seven points from Charlton Blackpool and Wigan we'd now be sat if I've done the math right off the top of my head are you level on points with Peterborough going into the final four I think that's yeah because we're on we're currently on 72 Peterborough currently on 79 I believe so that gives us an extra seven points there, or even if you took yeah. an extra six and you and you one point behind them, well, you would have math, you would have totally taken that going into the the last four games of the season, especially looking well, yeah. at Peterborough's run in versus. Well, they ours. lost last night. They lost yeah, to Gillingham exactly. last night, and like it, it's it, it is annoying, and it's like it it's particularly frustrating when you look you look at the teams like we we've beaten Ipswich twice. I know Ipswich mm-hmm. have, like we've beaten Ipswich twice. Yes, we lost at home to Portsmouth, but we've, beat, we've beaten them away from home. We've beaten Lincoln 4-0 away from home. Yeah. And Again, the, the draw said, at home, 4 And the draw, yeah. And, and we've lost to Charlton, but we've, we've just said we've, we've not lost against the top two and arguably have looked a better side against two games in, against Peterborough. Um, we'll beat them at home. Um, it's just, it's annoying because then we've gone and lost to just shit. Well, it's just ruined it. it. It speaks to lack of consistency, yeah. doesn't it? And even though Hull have lost a few games, they've been consistent where it matters. And 
I don't know, Mick, do you, do you think that kind of, where do you sit on the, on this sort of side of the, the draws? Are these good points debate? Is it a case of just lack of consistencies cost us or is it, is it, you know, maybe should we have gone for the juggler a bit more against Peter to keep up some momentum there? Where do you fall on that one? I think whichever way you answer that question is with hindsight. I mean, as you say, at that point in isolation and people kind of can be a bit naughty and say, oh, do you still think it was a good point to Peterborough? And I do 100% because... I do, I agree. Like, like yeah. you say, if, if you if you put it this way, before the run of games we've just had, if you did offered us a point at Hull and a point against Peterborough, you take them all day long because that's um, on the assumption that you beat Wigan and you beat Charlton or at least you get results against them. And it's like we've pointed out, it's the fact that we've lost those three games off the belt that's really kind of killed us. But I think not only that, I just think what could be really frustrating come the end of the season is we might, in a weird way, not be that many points off getting promoted automatically. We'll never be in the race. But at the end of the season, when you look at it purely mathematically, let's say that Peterborough lose a couple of the last four games, and let's say like there's no reason at all. I mean, Blackpool lost, lost to Rochdale 1-0 last night. There's no reason why we can't get 12 points from our last four games. And if we do that mm-hmm. and Peter will slip up a couple of times, we're only going to be a few points off what would have been needed to get promoted. But it'll happen all the while while, while we aren't in the race, if that makes any sense. So no, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility at all that Peterborough finish on 86 points and we finish on... Or, well, we could well finish on 84. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So at the... At, at that point, it'll be two, you were two points, well, three points really off off getting promoted, and when the dust settles on the season, you'll you'll just think, well, one defeat if we turn that, or one draw, and we might have done it on goal difference. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it is probably I, I think you're exactly right, Mick. You might not play out like that, but it could well be the case that we end up just out of touch, and there'll be little moments. You can pick out. Um, what were you going to say, Matt? Sorry, I, I jumped in. Uh, no, I, I was, it's fine. I, I was, I was basically going to just reinforce that. Like, I think that's a very good point, Mick. Like, and I think, yeah, we'll look back to the last week, um, where there's, where to the point where it's, it's been thrown away. But you look back to November and December and drawing it home to Burton and losing it home to. Uh, Plymouth losing at home to Milton Keynes losing at home to Wigan you opening you just day like, drawing at home to Bristol t- Rovers <laughs> like yeah exactly and it's just it's just frustrating like that goal against Doncaster away like them scoring with the last yeah. kick of the game like, just not deserving these points like it's it's uh, you'll, this, there are so many mo- there's always so many there were so many moments in the, the first season here but there's so many moments in this season um, because because we haven't been there, and we've been watching it in a different way. Everything's been analysed in a lot more detail by because you're seeing the the games, you're seeing replays. As it, like a lot of the time, yeah. I I watch like when we go to the match, I will never see the goals again. Like <laughs> that's it. Like I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll see them pop up on Twitter or something. But I don't. I'm I'm not looking for highlights, especially. I, I've seen it, and I just reflect on what I've seen from my seat in the ground. Now everyone's looking at watching the same feed and everything's analysed. So there's a lot more points you can look back and think, oh, well, if he hadn't been dragged out of position there or if he yeah. hadn't, you know, if, if if Bailey Wright had eyes. Like, it's sort <laughs> of like, it's sort of, there's just so many re- things this season you can point to it all collapsing and it's just such a shame that, the like, emotion's just been removed yeah, from it a bit, yeah. hasn't it? Because I think you've made this Very point. Very clinical. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. I think, Mick, you made this point maybe a few months ago now, even that games that maybe haven't been great. I think it was quite early in the season you said this when people were saying under Parkinson we were only getting like sort of one nils. But, you know, if you get, if you win one nil and that goal comes in the last 10 minutes, you come out the ground like buzzing. You don't really focus on the negatives. And there's maybe been a bit of that. Like, let's say actually you were at the game last night against Hull and you think, well, we got a couple of goals. It was quite an entertaining game. I had a few beers. It was a nice time. Fucking hell, if Aidan O'Brien's shot like just didn't hit off the bar, like people like would have been piling on the pitch and you'd have been coming away from that thinking, oh, well, it's back on now. You'd have been buzzing coming away from the ground and like thinking, oh, Peterborough lost as well. So, But when you sat in the house, you don't have that. And it's been a little bit different nearer the end of the season because the games have more riding on it. But the way I think you're right, Matt, the way you look at it clinically a bit more now does make you more analytical and more like that I can make you feel more because you think about uh, think about those bits too much and not the bits that you're supposed to enjoy, weirdly. Yeah, um, it's a curse of the AFL cameraman, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, he's <laughs> terrible last night. What was he news. doing? Oh, no. There's a bad title. <laughs> But no, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think when I first made that point about like not being the ground, I think it was when we beat Ipswich 2-1 under Parkinson. And you've won a game against because Ipswich has started the season really well. I think they might have been top of the league at the time, even. And we just won and we won the game 2-1. And like we hadn't played that well and would have relied on a late penalty. But like you say, if there's 30,000 people in the ground, is Grant Ledbetter getting the late goal? And let's not forget Grant Ledbetter coming into this season. I don't think anyone expected him to start on a regular basis like he has been doing. Off from Richards, to be fair, he called us. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to get that one no, in for him. I think I've said he had no part to play in school. <laughs> well, but, not, not like you to write things off. Um, I know, well, you know, I stand by it. But no, so, so like you say, Rory, like you come out of the ground buzzing and like last night, I think was just an example of how most games have been this season. Like you pointed out, I think in recent weeks, I've been kind of getting up for the games a lot more than what I have been throughout the season. But last night you were kind of sat in the house about seven o'clock, like, oh, we're, we're kicking off in less than an hour. And like I said, I put on Twitter last week, you sat there half an hour before the Wigan game and you're watching the chase. It just doesn't feel like it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like, you just feel like really kind of detached from everything and that doesn't help. But I think to kind of just talk about... Um, um, like elaborate what we were talking about before. I think we talk about moments all, all the time in football, but I think a lot of it in like terms of promotion season, it's about trends rather than like individual moments because like you say, you can think back to so many, like even if you add three points onto our total and would be, Wigan would be in a much healthier position. But like you say, you just look, particularly at home. I mean, we didn't win a home game. I know like the stats can be a bit misleading because of COVID and stuff, but we didn't win at home from November all the way through till like, like mid-January. And when you think like for, for Sunderland in League One, that's like absolutely pathetic, really. And you look at look back, like we drew at home against Wimbledon again, COVID affected. We drew at home against Burton Albion, got beat off MK Dons, we got beat off Plymouth, like all at home. And you, you look back, and I think it's just that general trend, particularly early on in the season, which has given ourselves far too much to do. And that's been proven that you go unbeaten 14 games, win the majority of them, you can be your confidence is sky high, but then you lose a couple of games and suddenly you're out of the race. So as I say, I think it's more to do with our general trend of just not quite being good enough rather than kind of like digging too deep into individual moments, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, but, well, in terms of individual moments, which you mentioned there, we kind of have to pick out the moments of individuals from this whole game as well. Um some good stuff going for. Well, we'll, we'll let's get the negatives out of the way because it was a tough night for 
Callum McFadden and Bailey Wright, and, and probably the only two players I came away from the game being particularly disappointed with, actually not saying like everyone else was brilliant, but they were the only two I was fuming with. Um, McFadden, first of all, was just, uh, we know McFadden's not good enough, but God, they knew to target him, didn't they? <laughs> they tortured him last night. An absolute torrid time. Both goals coming in from uh, crosses, balls in the box from his near side, but barely right as well. We've been hoping he would come in and give us a bit of defensive solidity, given that you know we've been having to play with players out of position. But you know he had the mistake against Blackpool. The second goal, especially last night, he was very much at fault for, and you know not great for the first either but with Bailey Wright is anyone I'm not like I don't mean this to make excuses for him but look at his passing for example last night how sloppy that was that's a player who's off the pace for me and who is literally only playing because there's no one else I don't think he would be playing this much and he should still be better like his marking's atrocious for that second goal but I think we just have to hope it's because he's off the pace as well, because we're, we're probably going to need him at some point, even potentially in the playoff run, aren't we? Well, we don't really have any other... Well, like you, you said there, he's, he's playing as nobody else. And I just don't... I've always had a bit of an issue with him. Uh, per, like, personally, I've never... I've not thought he's been all that... Um, I thought he looked good in a three alongside Willis. Um, but I, I've always thought he's a tendency to make mistakes. I just think he, he generally has looked sh- a bit shaky for us, and that he, he thought he was okay when we had him for the games we did last season. Um, and to the beginning of the season when we were keeping the clean sheets, yeah, along in, in the three he was he was fine. And I just I don't know. I'm more annoyed with him, I think, than than McFadden. And there are obviously there could be. It could, it could just be a fitness issue with Wright and if he's playing through that and you know fair fair play but kind of not really because it is costing us games and mm-hmm. McFadden I'm past the point of being annoyed with he's just <laughs> we all know that he's just a, a ghastly footballer and he's at this level he's he's, he's not he, he won't play at this level again I don't think or he nah. might because someone might have saw, seen that he's playing for Sunderland like that's the only reason he's gonna like <laughs> someone's gonna look at his oh he was at Sunderland last season we'll sign him, but like <laughs> he is not. I, he's I've said did I say a reaction part or whenever he's not a he's not a league for he's a non-league footballer positionally. Is well, do you want to point out what you've been pointing out in the group chat, Matt? In regards, well, to he was playing for like in 2017 and two thousand seventeen and two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen. He was playing for Geisley and Alfreton. Now, <laughs> that's not a player that should be starting more than 25 games for us in League One. Yeah, and he's, um, 27, it's 20, he's 27 as well. He's not particularly he's, young, and it's like, oh, he was cutting his teeth there. Do you know what he's I mean? Like, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's like a League One kind of fullback version of Papi Dillabodji. You know, when you kind of looked at how he played, and you presumed he was like 21 year old, but then yes. you saw he was like, you saw he was kind of in his late 20s. He, like, McFadson reminds me of, you know, when you did PA at school and there was like lads who didn't like football or sport and obviously they were just forced to play. And mm. like, and they, and they would get the ball or like, and they would just do things and you just like, and you can't comprehend in your mind how they could be that bad. It's like, yeah. how do you, it's like, it's, <laughs> no. like how, it's like, how do you not know, like for your out of position there? How do you not know that you need to show them like outside or inside? You know what I mean? It's just very basic. <laughs> it is, it is really basic. And I, I, like, I'm not like, like 
to 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 an extent, I'm like because of how limited he is and how bad he is. He's like he's in in for for his ability. He's like done okay at times because he's just rubbish. Like he's 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 not doing it on purpose. He's just generally way out of his depth, and he never he never gives up. He's not like yeah. You know, I'll, I'll he's give got him that. he's got. I'm not gonna. I'm not praising him here, but like he's awful. And like he's kept going, and he's 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 trying his best. Yeah, like, there's, there's genuinely plenty. trying his best. And he falls in shit. to the category of they're just total shit. He doesn't fall in like the Jack Rodwell category. Nah. Of they're shit and terrible people. It, it, like he's he's just, he's, he's just bad. It's not his. It's and, not his fault. It's like it speaks every volumes about the state of the club, doesn't it? That like we're a lot. Or the state of the club. Like yeah. pre, um, you know, not to like tar the new ownership <laughs> no. like this, but the state we were in where that was what we were having to like, rely we're on. in him. Like, you're looking for like a, a sign in this cover for a left back and you've got him and it's like... What's that, even better was, I remember oh, like, the, I remember the club like teased that signing as well because it was did, after the transfer yeah. window was shut and you're like, oh my God, you teased Callum McFadden yeah. like signing. But no, yeah, and what, what, I so bad. what I think is funny about Love him as well is the fact that he plays on the same side as Aidan McGeady and sometimes you can just see McGeady just going, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? It is Literally, really funny. What either. are you doing? There's, <laughs> McGeady was t- a Pete. Oh, sorry, man. No, no. Yeah, there's a Peterborough game, I think, when McGeady had come back to help him because, you know, he, he will need to do that. <laughs> and um, McGeady had dropped back into the corner flag and... McFadden gave him just this terrible pass, and he just he did. He just turned around. And he was like, "What? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Why am I playing with you? Like, why? Yeah. Like, what? What's what's gone wrong in my career that I'm playing with you?" Well, but, that's uh, like to go back really to mix funny. analogy. That's like when you have to play with a person who's shit and yeah. doesn't play <laughs> football at all, and McGeady's the one who's like adding a getting like trials and stuff like yeah. that like and he's like what why have, with this what am I playing for with this with that <laughs> and like the plays scoop- the year above <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. got them scooped brogues on McFadden's and like like <laughs> flipper shoes does anyone think um you know, obviously, Peter were and Danny Con said on the commentary actually that we thought we might have saw Hume at half time, such as the tough time uh, McFadden was having. But he didn't introduce Hume until the last 15 minutes. And I thought it might have came, I didn't even come at half time, but I thought earlier than it did, maybe on the hour. That's a bit of pragmatism from Johnson, isn't it? He's thinking Ooh. we're going to need Hume for the playoffs. It's more, we're more than likely going to be in the playoffs. I'd rather have Denver Hume for that. Let's keep introducing him gradually while we kind of can, and maybe for those last two games, um, Plymouth and Northampton, where there's a week in between as well, we might see Hume come in for sort of full 90 or near enough, but I thought Hume was quite good when he came on, actually, and he drove us on a bit, but I think I think Johnson, to be fair, did does have to be pragmatic with that at this stage as well. Doesn't yeah, he? I think I agree. I think that's that's got to be in his thinking. I do feel that he'll have to start one of the games because at some point... McFadden is going to be sent off. <laughs> He's been trying his best to be sent off. Like how he wasn't sent off um, at Blackpool was just like beggar's belief for that title in the second. It was just the most blatant yellow card you'll ever see. So at some point soon, he is going to be sent off and suspended. Just a red card, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> Great, lovely. Um, well, we took we've talked about McFadden and, and Bailey Wright's pool performances, but there were some positives. Um, Lyndon Gooch with his best performance in a long time. I thought he did brilliantly for the uh, for Jordan Jones's goal. He battled mm. really hard for that and a great cross in. Um, great finish from Jones as well to give him a, a bit of credit for that. And, and Gooch worked the defender quite well. He's been quite narky for the penalty and good to see to see that really because I, I, I prefer Gooch generally to Jack Diamond. We've seen Jordan Jones can go through dips in form. Obviously, Aidan McGeady, which doesn't seem sound like it's too much of a terrible injury going off what Lee Johnson said today about it being just a, a bruised foot. But again, going into the playoffs, as, as I think is going to be the phrase of the pod for the next few weeks now, we're going to need Lyndon Gooch. We're going to need him to step up. You know, we've seen him score at Wembley uh, once this season already, and we're going to ne- potentially need it again. Um, but yeah, good good to see a performance from Lyndon Gooch. And I think deserves um, picking out for a bit of praise. Yeah, I enjoyed how kind of narky we were in general last night because I think Cole just went on like a bunch of six-form prefects. Like every little decision <laughs> they were like surrounding the referee, like kind of pleading with them. And the wave went on over the penalty. Obviously, we didn't get a great view of it, but we're just like going on pathetic and like kind of taking the flag off the linesman and stuff like that. Like, like oh, what, yeah, great. Uh. What well, he's in, it's just stupid. But no, I think Gooch um, last night, I think it was what he did. He channeled his kind of frustration in a positive way for once because one thing I don't like about Gooch sometimes is if he's not having a great game, he gets really frustrated and he tries too hard and then like he's not coming off so he gets more frustrated so he gives away that fouls which makes him more frustrated and mm-hmm. it's this kind of never-ending cycle. But last night he was like, kind of, as you say, he got stuck in really well for the goal and he put, like, picks out a great ball to the back stick for John Jones and his intent was really good last night. It's one of the best I've seen him play and that kind of reminds you of like how good Lyndon Gooch can be um, because like he started his kind of Sunderland journey in the Premier League so we kind of should be standing out in League One and I don't think we see the consistency <laughs> from him a lot of the time but I thought last night like you see it was his best performance for months and like you say going into the playoffs let's hope we can put a bit of form together because he's someone as you saw at Wembley I know it's a great ball for McGeady but Gucci's capable of like producing like those moments of quality that can win your games <laughs> Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket hats. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Absolutely. Um, Matt, were you going to jump in there? Sorry, I thought I was interrupting you. No, 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 no. But I can if you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why not? um, No, I. I, it's nice to see him have a positive impact. I think he's been poor for a while. And uh, you're right, Mick. Like He does get really caught up in the trying too hard um, frame of mind. And obviously he got the goal at Wembley, but I think even in that game, he was relatively relatively poor um, not taken away from the goal but um, yeah it was nice to see him come as we as we go into the playoff um, <laughs> hitting it hopefully hitting a bit of form and, and getting because you know in his days he is a threat and um, he's one of our well he's certainly one of our most creative players and he's he's been here a while now he's played thousands of games for us now and yeah, yeah. it's okay, nice, be nice to see him yeah yeah um, be nice to see him 
hit the form at the right time, hopefully. And yeah, I. I go try. I said. Also, Grant Ledbetter as well, sitting in that four three three, I thought worked quite well. Um, I think I said on the on a recent pod that to sort of level us back out and get us looking a bit more solid. Ledbetter needs to be uh, first name in the team sheet. We saw it at times last night, didn't we? Just with that. Not a, not not a particularly amazing performance, but just the influence that he has stuck the penalty away quite nicely as well. It's worth picking out, but oh, lovely penalty! Yeah, really nice. Um, but even like look at Josh scoring last night. Like uh, the scoring wasn't brilliant. Like the best I think I would say about him is he was wasn't as bad as he usually is. But in a four three three with lead bit of sitting deep, it just frees him up a bit to like not fuck things up as much if I'm being like quite harsh. He can just, he can just run about and chase things. And that is, this actually isn't a dig and it's going to sound like it, but that is all that Josh Scorn's good for. Cause that is, he, he excels at that. Just running around, chasing things down, yet win the ball back, give it to someone else as quickly as you possibly can. Preferably one of our players, but you know, that'd be a bonus if uh, it's not an opposition one, but just his influence generally, just I think is so much better and to sort of, jump ahead slightly now, I guess, and look at Accrington. This 4-3-3, Johnson said that's what he wants to stick with. And I think we look better for it as well. We look more solid and we've got good wingers and it frees them up a little bit. We've got some options in the middle. I know it means O'Brien has to come out and White isn't going to be as well supported, but you back yourselves to play well enough and get the ball to those wide men, McGeady, Gooch, Jones, whoever it is. To, to still supply him. We saw that. We saw it against um, Doncaster. We played 4-3-3 mm. and, and, you know, Wyke scored four goals. So it is possible. <laughs> and I just think, let's use the phrase again, going into the playoffs, that's going to be the system that suits us best. And it's reassuring to hear Johnson say that's his preferred system as well. Another phrase we like using, back to basics. When it's just yep. like, yeah, mm. you know what I mean? And I think a lot of our like better performances have come when we've played that for them four three three system. So like say hopefully we can take it in. And especially when we've got like Upton Stanley coming up, like you, you you want the game to be as open as possible and like to really take the game for them and hopefully like get just get some goals, get a bit of positivity back. Massively. And um before we just start fully looking on to Accrington, Chris Maguire finally got on off the bench last night. Again for me, I I, I don't have him starting, but as we go into the playoffs, mm. if you know, you're needing a goal in one of those games. He's your man to bring on. He just gets the ball in awkward spaces and makes it awkward for the opposition. Look at what he did last night when he came on compared to Jack Diamond. That's not massively a dig at Diamond. It's just more Maguire's a better option at the minute. Like Diamond picked up the ball and just ran into a hole player. That's all he did. Maguire, didn't he put the ball in for O'Brien hitting the bar? I know Gooch put the one in that the keeper saved. But he linked. He was linking up with Hume. Well, he just wasn't where the whole defenders wanted him to be. Like, I'm not saying starting, but last he's a great impact player to, to bring on, and he's a big game player. He loves that as well. Even with no fans in there, we've seen it at times this season. And you've got to keep him in the fold for me, Chris Maguire. You I do just what? don't. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, I, I just don't buy into the whole bringing Diamond on ahead of him at all. I, I don't. Diamond for me is. He's had a few decent games, but he just looks he just doesn't look good enough to be on to be to be brutally honest. He just doesn't look very good. Like he just technically isn't very good. Um and 
Yeah, he's done a few nice things and got a couple of decent goals and been a threat at times. But games like that, I think bringing them on against you know some of the better opposition, they just take the ball off them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it, it, it'd be all right, you know, bring them on. Say if we, I think you know twenty minutes to go, they're going to be knackered and rubbish. Like bring it, yeah, bring him on. He's going to look all right and he's going to beat a few players and he, he might get a goal. You know, he might be a threat, but just and to not having Maguire in the squad. As well, recently is just bizarre. Like it's it's like when yeah. when we had Grig under Parkinson and he just wasn't in yeah. the squad and we had no striker on the bench. Like it's just <laughs> a bit weird, really. Like I think Jack Diamond for me, he's a little bit of like a Benji Kimp Yorker light when he comes on. Like he, he he creates a lot of chaos and he just gets the ball and he runs with it. And at times it can like win us corners, free kicks or whatever. But what thing? What I think Maguire's great. at, sorry, when he comes on, the amount of control he brings to the game. So when he came yeah. on against um, Lincoln in the semi-final, for instance, he didn't do like a great deal, like overtly, but he just was getting the ball, taking it over, giving it to McGady, getting it back, always there to receive it, just dropping little passes off. And like you say, he's got like quality to score. Like but you're not going to get that goal of crew off Jack Diamond, are you? No. You're not. You're not going to get that delivery in the box he did against um, Swindon, for instance. And as I say, uh, actually, it's quite ironic because until recently, I thought that Lee Johnson had managed Maguire absolutely perfectly by making it clear to him that yeah, you're part of my plans and you're going to be coming off the bench. But that's how I see you as an impact sub. So I want you to come on mm-hmm. with 20 minutes to go, and I want you to be the difference, and I'm going to back you to be that difference. Mm-hmm. So for me, is is exclusion in recent weeks has been baffling because obviously I'm not just going to sit here and defend Lee Johnson over everything. As much as I do like him, so I think he has handled him like wrong so in the last few weeks. Sacked. Yeah, go on, man. Yeah, Johnson so for me. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. Yeah, um, I'll make you laugh on Twitter, Johnson out. Um, but no, um, for you soon. <laughs> I have a dog, will be raging. But Death no, so, I, but I just you don't, I don't understand when he's been, when he's <laughs> sick, when he's kind of, the way he's used him in the past is kind of like bore fruit. The fact that he's gone back to not playing him, I just don't understand it at all. And hopefully now he's seen that he can make an impact and we'll see like in the closing stage of the season, we'll see him in the team again because I just didn't understand at all why he was left out. Even you. Reagent? Well, I, I agree. And it's, it's, it's the same as, it's the same as like why I uh, start well, and bit. You need these experienced players there as well who've got a bit of quality about them like with us and it will serve you well he's a big game player he's just got to be involved um, for me, for Clive um, let's look ahead, we've not really spoke about Akron and Stanley yet um, 12th in the league at the minute so bang in mid-table for them um, beat Doncaster 2-1 last night but before that they'd lost 3-1 to Rochdale and 5-1 to Wimbledon, uh, they had a 0-0 draw with Blackpool in between that though so it's very mid-table that isn't it, like you can be, you can lose 5 1 to Wimbledon, but also draw 0 0 with Blackwell, who are in like brilliant form. Um, <laughs> the week before that Wimbledon game, the beat Oxford 2 1. Like, yeah, it's just uh, totally like home. mad shit, isn't it? Um, as well, they've conceded 61 goals, which I think you've got to go into the bottom eight or nine teams to find more than that. Um, scored 55, which is pretty bang average as well but we've played them recently we've played them a thousand times since we've been down here we know their shit like we didn't it didn't take much to beat them recently in that midweek game when Ross Stewart scored his beautiful loop and debuted goal header and this is as the cliche goes probably if you know need to get back to winning ways Akron at home 
Yes, Sunderland could fuck that up quite easily, but this is this is what you would want, isn't it? Yep. It's like the quintessential 3-0 victory, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. no not that that's my prediction, but like that's the sort of game it is. Like it's just it, it, it's like they, they are crap they're just rubbish and that's not a dig at the way it is but like it's the I mean no disrespect but you know disrespect. that's who they that's who they are disrespect um, go on okay um, they shouldn't be allowed in the league because their ground isn't up to standard <laughs> But, you know what it is, right? The, the well, Stanley, it's not, though, like that. It's, not, it's, it's a not, death trap, not. like it's a disgrace. But Upton and Stanley, they kind of personify how annoying it is being in League One over a period of time. So Upton and Stanley were always that club, and like Rochdale fought the this practice as well. You always quite wanted to draw them in the FA Cup away from home when yes. we're in the Premier League. Because you know what I mean? It's like, oh, a bit of a daft lads away there, open terraces, we'll probably beat them comfortably and all that and the other, and then you can kind of hair off of them afterwards and tell them they'll stay up. <laughs> but but as we've been, and actually in the first season down, I think a lot of them games did have that kind of like cup tie feel to them. Yeah. But, yeah. Ne- but now they feel like just games. And like again, like sorry, I am being arrogant. Like they and we should be in this league. Like it is, it's an insult to be playing up than Stanley in the league fixture. It's an indignity for any Sunderland fan. And like, I'm sorry if that does come across this as arrogant. The, I think this just... is the fifth time now, Michael, that we've played them. <laughs> well, exactly. You know what it is? I'm sick of playing them. I'm sick oh, no, of playing them. Oh, no, because we didn't, we didn't get to play them last season. Because we didn't we? play them last season. Well, you played them in the cup as well since we got relegated. Yes, we it? did. But that, but that could have happened in the, in the Premier League, I suppose. Um, so, well, yeah. Looking ahead to it, are we are we seeing any changes? I think I think he's got to stick with the four three three, hasn't he? Obviously, Charlie White in goal, Lee Burge, uh, Charlie White, Charlie White in goal, Charlie goal. White in goal and Lee Burge up front. Aggregating the bad Rory, but hey, we know we're in the playoffs, lads. Why not experiment a little bit? <laughs> they finished ninth. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we do. Well, that is a point as well. We do need to get points on the ball because a win well, here, well, well, pretty much secure, secures your place in the top six. When it's seventy five points, probably is going to make you at least finish sixth which yeah. means you would go into the playoffs yeah that's it what do, it does you would be yes. into the playoffs we would be literally going, uh, going into the playoffs fact. <laughs> sixth um, would get you into the playoffs so yeah we've got to treat it very much you know it's not like you're fully oh let's rest up some players we'd have to say nowhere near that stage yet um, Northampton game for that yeah, Northampton game for that where we will absolutely draw nil nil again, or maybe a one one. Why not? Pat um, in goal for me up right there. No, no let's give Remy Matthews one last hurrah. Why not? Let's no, not. He can play in the playoffs final. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Um, are we are we foreseeing any changes though? I think back four probably picks itself. He's probably not going to chuck Hume back in for a start. You can, I guess the thing would be you'd hopefully get away with McFadden against Acton Stanley. <laughs> Centre-half options are what they are. Obviously, we've rec- we're recording this Wednesday evening before the press conference. We don't have any injury updates. And it probably has to be power at right-back as well, doesn't it? Like, there's just so it's threadbare. No there's no choice. Like, See, I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted. I, I'm not saying this will happen, and I probably wouldn't do it, but you know how we gave Ollie Younger a game against um, yeah, Rochdale? Yeah. 
I, I kind of see is this being a similar kind of game where you're expected to have like a high percentage of possession. You're not going to be under any great stress at the back. But then again, I don't use that phrase again, but going into the playoffs, realistically, <laughs> realistically, all the younger's not going to play in them games. So it would be no. Bit, so so you, you you want to kind of establish like your back four and at least get them playing together consistently as you can before those run a game. So as much as I would like to say you get a game in case he has to be thrown in, I can't see it happening. For that reason, right, no, but you say we say that though, Mick, like. Hopefully, this back for like what back for at the minute? Could you want to go into the play? Like Ollie Youngers, and in like we don't know if Sanderson and anyone like uh, McLaughlin or Flanagan are going to be back for the playoffs. Like Ollie Youngers, an injury to barely right away from having to play. Yeah, but that was like, kind of my rationale behind it as well. Just give him a bit of time. Well, yeah. would you chuck him so, in at right back then? Is a bit. I'd put him in at right back and put Power uh, in the middle. Yeah. No, because because then you lose so much. Oh, like yeah. right, you lose so much at right back though, because he's just not a right back. You saw that in the Rochdale game. He's quite like uncomfortable. He did on the all ball, right. I think. He did. He Max did okay. From a defensive perspective, he did, but like I think Ollie Younger is what I call kind of like a meat and drink defender. He's just like headers, yeah. tackles, and he's like solid. He's not one of them. Like where's Max Power? He's like got a good like cross on him. Like his distribution be good at times. Okay. He likes getting up and down. I think Younger is like an out and out stopper, and I just think that you live. I think he's Put kind of you kind of. <laughs> Well, Charlie kind of, likes in goal. <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a double negative, I think, putting younger at right back because it's not playing him to his strengths, and also it like really kind of nullifies what you want to be doing going down that right hand side. So put him at left back. Yeah, put him at left back. Better than oh, McFadden. <laughs> and oh, well, if if you if you're playing that Super. as well, it means you've probably got a midfield three picking itself as well of Ledbit of Scorn and Winchester because if Powers at right back, then does Scorn have to play? Well, because I, so, I just, Matthew, I, re- I just so, really don't like him, Rory. Yeah, uh, Matthew, we've. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about. Him. Really, You've I called him rotten. I've, I've called him a top shelf swear word on I the pod. Want to say his name. He is not a friend of the pod. No, he's um, not. Like, but again, he just kind of does go into the McFadden bracket, doesn't he? Of like, just not being good enough. Like, it's not like he's, he's a shit. terrible person, but like he, yeah. he played in the championship for Cuba. Yeah, Billy Wright played in the, in the championship of Bristol. But he's City crap, but he's crap as well. Like <laughs> him, <laughs> um, so yeah, that midfield three is probably picking itself. White up front, not in goal. Um, <laughs> and Jones, not like a, a nice goal against Hull, but he, he did kind of fade. But again, you're probably going to have to go for the unchanged 11, aren't you? Can anyone actually, what changes could there possibly be? Have I missed anything obvious there? I could play Maguire, I guess. It's not. I highly doubt he's going to those moments. No, I don't think he will. But like, I guess that's one that you could do. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. In theory. Or Diamond uh, could come in. He, uh, nah. he does like him, I suppose. Mick, any any for you? Not that I can say, just to kind of, I don't want to make it the Oli Younger show, but the reason I made that point originally was because we're talking about playing a 4 3 3 and we saw how great 0 9 was in that position against Doncaster. So I was maybe thinking you could play right and younger as you sent the halves and push 0 9 up into the midfield. Yeah. And again, I guess this if there was any game you were going to do it, it's now while. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the best of oppositions, or, or maybe it would potentially be a against Northampton last game of the season nothing riding on it let's get 0-9 a bit some minutes in that midfield role let's get that midfield as what we want for the whoever we're going to have in the semi-final going into the playoffs oh. um, 
But Johnson likes to tinker, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if there was some form of change there, or or you know if he just went totally U-turn on Maguire and did start him, it oddly wouldn't be that surprising because we know <laughs> that, that he likes to do this. O'Brien gets chucked back in as well because he did have an impact when he came on off the bench. Um, I think that about wraps us up for this evening, boys. Um, let's have some score predictions. Are we gonna are we gonna finally get back to winning ways against Aaron Stanley? Mickey Loff, I'll come to you first. Yep, emphatic 4 0. Oh, 4-0. Love to hear it. Matthew, what about you? I'm gonna go five nil. <laughs> One better. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I think um yeah, the, the pressure's off and you know, these are rubbish and that's it, isn't it? Just does, this mean, five does, does this mean I have to say 6 0 to continue the trend? You can do. I think you <laughs> yeah, should. All right, be. all right. 6 0. Why not? Didn't Charlton win 6 0 last night? Is that right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah I think they did win 6 0. Plymouth, yeah, where we're obviously, of course, going to lose. Going to lose, of course, naturally. Um, well, yeah, I, I do think we'll beat Accrington, and you never know. Peterborough might drop some points. And <laughs> oh, dear. If Peterborough drop points. Hey, if Peter lose, and we're four Peterborough points lose, behind. Well, we're four Peterborough. points behind them. Well, you, you don't know that, and Lincoln are going to be looking at us as well because level on points. They've got the game in hand over us, don't they? Peter, so, well, Peterborough last day have got Doncaster. Don't Peterborough play Doncaster twice yeah. as well, and yeah. Charlton. As Charlton, well? yeah. Hey, sure. you know yeah. if they just. If they only get four more points, or again, five, like it would be very sudden to get out of this division on goal difference. I think we oh, can yeah. all agree or, on that. Yeah. Or draw 1-1 one, one at home right wing on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, that's last day of the season. That would be if we've won all these oh, yeah. games. Oh, we know, yes. We've given out of Peterborough, have massively fucked it up, and then it's Already relegated nil. Northampton. Yes, yeah, yeah, already yes, relegated yes. Northampton. Win 2-1 at the stadium. And then, no, it has to be one-one. That it has to be one-one. Like one-one is the ideologically correct score. One-one as well. One-one as well. Where like they take the lead early on, and we just batter them for ninety minutes and score in the eighty-second minute, and then just yeah, absolutely yeah. bombard the goal and just can't get that. The one biggest goal. picking the ball up out of the net and sprinting back to yeah. halfway like you've <laughs> ever seen. Picking the goal up. <laughs> Everyone picking the ball up, I, carrying I, I, the ball like every, Simba. Everyone's running out the Conway Tavern to grab the ball first. All right, I'll take myself. Love that. Oh, sensational. Well, enjoy the game against Akron. Hopefully, it'll be a win. Um, yeah, you never know. Peterborough might drop some points, and we might be all. Remember a couple of years ago, Matthew, we had the Keelan Madness where we thought we'd blown promotion. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. That worked. Oh, no. well Matthew might be putting another theory together on the reaction pod which we will be doing straight after the game on Saturday and then you have Gareth and Stephen back on Monday as usual as well but as ever thank you very much for listening (laughs)